is an opportunity for us to give sacrificially, sacrificially, joyfully, joyfully to send people around the globe to take the gospel to those who have never heard. So join us as we pray, as we give, and as we go, and as we go. Yeah, that's right. You could cheer for Robbie and the people. That's good. Um, so let me ask you a question. Do you fit into one of these categories? Like, we, you know, we talked a lot about missions here at Watkinsville. Um, maybe this is your first time hearing about Acts 1-8. Kind of a big deal. Obviously, there's a verse in the Bible. But also, that's kind of what we call, how we couch the, uh, this giving season towards missions. So is this you? Either... Um, you are kind of just learning about missions, you want to learn more, you want to understand more, you're total, you totally get it, you're sold out for the gospel again to the nations, you want to be a part of it, um, you want to go, or you want to give, you want to send, uh, any of those categories, or um, you love Jesus and want to obey what he said. So any of those. I would hope you fit into one. I know, right? So if so, then I would actually highly encourage you to check out CrossCon. I wore this shirt. Yes, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, uh, this was clean. And also, I wore it because I wanted to encourage you all to, it's virtual this year, like everything else, um, but that's okay, because that means you can go from your living room uh, or the Wade's house. Uh, yeah, I just announced a watch party that will happen, right? Okay. Yeah, and I can call you the Wade's now. Congratulations. That's right. Yeah. And Grace is always happy She is to be so here. excited, and I'm excited that she's excited. CrossCon. Just in me around all day. Yeah, uh, summarize. Awesome. It's an epic gathering of uh, God's people really just mobilizing another generation to take the gospel to the unreached. Uh, so you'll hear from folks like John Piper, David Platt, and lots of other people. I just mentioned a few you might have heard the names of, but it's a lot of people coming together to promote the gospel again to the nations, and you should check it out. So CrossCon, the end of December, I think, is when you can live stream it, so do that if you love Jesus. Excellent. And if you don't, see Chris after. That's right. If you don't, then we'll have a chat. So, chapter 16, 1 Corinthians. Yeah, it's like the last chapter. An entire semester. We're here at the end. It's crazy. And, and we've covered most of it. <laughs> Who's been here for every chapter? Anybody? Anybody in the room been here for every chapter? Vic owes you a coffee. That's okay. If you have no, no, if you have, come see me after. Yeah, I have, have something for you. It might be. Like I, wait, we'll, we'll pull something out of the prize we'll box. Something. That yeah. would have meant that they would have been here like a week where we didn't have it, though. That's, That's fine. That's true, which That's is fine. fine. They just yeah. showed up. I wouldn't know. No I'm one was curious. curious. I, I wouldn't know, but we're going to assume they're telling the truth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll pull that week out. Okay, yeah. okay. If you've been here for everyone that we've met in this room, come see me after. And if you're here for the first time tonight, that's cool. If you're you, here for the first time tonight, come see Joel. Yes. Yeah, okay, deal. He has deal? a gift for you. Yeah. yeah. So if you just come see us. <laughs> we we it's we better get started. We should. Yeah. We should. <laughs> first Corinthians. Yes, chapter 16. We ready? Chapter oh, 16. I'm so ready. Verse 1. Here we go. <clears throat> now concerning the collection for the saints as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gifts to Jerusalem. 
If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord, as am I. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Or let's, let's stop right there and kind of talk through what's happening right here, okay? All right? Uh, so right out of the gate, uh, I want to say this to you. This is one of our uh, worship gatherings, one of four. Sure. Is my math right there? Mm-hmm. Including, that's counting the virtual one. That's right. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but not one time have we taken an offering in this room this entire semester. We haven't asked for money, none of that. So you've had a free ride the entire semester. <laughs> Until now. Until now. So here, here's, uh, there's a, some of that was accidental, uh, but it became intentional because I knew this was coming, right? We're going to gather one more time next week. I, I'm just warning you right now, we're going to give you an opportunity to give next week to Acts 1-8, which you just heard about, and that's the gospel going from here to unreached people and church planting efforts we have going on in Boston and other places. So you've been warned. I will ask you next week to drop your crumpled up $1 bills in a bucket somewhere. And, and let me just say, I mean, note here that this is, this is an expectation yes. that Paul lays out here. He's not saying like, if you decide that giving is something you want to do, or if you are the few, the proud, the rich in the church, then like you give and everybody else like clap for them no he says like this is what you're supposed to do on the first day of every week each of you like that that word translates in the greek to each <laughs> of i didn't look it up but it probably does each of you put something aside and store it up as you may prosper so obviously there's an understanding that maybe some people make more than others so don't hit me with oh i'm a college student um oh i i, I what whatever like like we can go Jesus and the woman with the two pennies if we want to. If you haven't heard that story, go read it, right? Or, or we can go wherever we need to. But the point, God doesn't need your money, okay? <laughs> I mean, this is not about like, hey, God's really struggling. He's got a hat held out, like put, put some money. No, this is about obedience, okay? And this is about you being a part of what God is doing through the collective work of his church. And the point of of everyone together, right? This, this should be a sacrifice for anyone regardless of your income. So if you're the college student who like two bucks is a sacrifice, great. It's, it's for you. It, it, it does something for you mm-hmm. to give sacrificially. If you're loaded and in college, that's cool. Okay, now, it, 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 that's neat. But like, listen, hear me. When Jesus saw a rich dude give like a big load of money, he wasn't impressed because it wasn't a sacrifice for that guy. So if you're rich, and here, like, it should be just as sacrificial the way that you give as it is for the bro with two bucks. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and, I, and I just, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, you're saying, I'm warning you, I'm warning you. But, like, also here, like, we're exhorting you. 
Like, this is a joy and, and, a, and an opportunity, not like, hey, a, hey watch out, it's coming. I know, received so. that rebuke. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. That, was, that was gentle. But re- Thank you. Yeah, I, I want you all to hear that. I like in this text how Paul uh, gives them, like, a plan and a system for this. Yes. Because, you know, if, and hopefully, guys, if you've been around church, you've seen this, that, like, we do. We, we have money set aside every Sunday that goes to the ministry of our church. And so it's not like, surprise, today's the day. Everybody pop out your wallets. We're going to check and see, like, are you going to get money today or not? Like, you know, every week we do this. This is like something systematically you can do and put into your life as, like, um, a regular routine and discipline. That's a, that's a good way to do it. If you're just like, I'm waiting, you know, to see if this kind of hits some emotional chords in my life of whether or not I should give, then... Um, I mean, I wouldn't say you're going against the Bible, but uh, Paul's kind of saying, hey, this should be like, like, right, at least th- I think this is some practical, good instruction, wise words for you to follow. Hey, maybe there's a way I can systematically, weekly put some money to the side that says this is going to go to the work of, of ministry. And specifically here, this is going to the church of Jerusalem. This is really cool. Yeah. Because the church of Jerusalem, I mean, that's like the mother church. Like, you know, everybody's been <clears throat> been dispersed from this church. So this is really cool that they're like connected back to, you know, the epicenter of the Christian movement. And, and, and it is, uh, so there is an expectation. You see that in verse 1. Mm-hmm. Now, concerning the Galatians. And then in verse 2, there is this, there, there is some practical uh plan you need a plan for how you're going to give you can't just roll in and see what's left in your wallet right it paul is saying uh set aside and store it up so that there will be no collecting when i'm coming like joel just said we're not springing it on you right it's this idea that this should be a regular part of your practice you investing uh financially in the expansion of the kingdom can I talk about that for one second? Sure. Just this idea of, of discipline, okay? Because um, I, so just being real, I grew up in, in what I consider to be sort of more of a, a legalistic church environment, okay? And that, that affected me for, for a long time, specifically in the arena of what we generally refer to as spiritual disciplines, right? Whether it's yeah. like have, have your quiet time, whatever, like read your Bible and, and giving and prayer and these things. Like the idea to me of like having a, a plan and having a what felt to me like a rigid and what felt to me like a legalistic set of do this do this do this do this i, I was like oh that I, that's not grace right i'm on the grace train okay i don't have to do that to please god so i'm just gonna like like kind of like you're describing joe i'm gonna pray when i feel like it and give when i feel like it mm-hmm. when i when i feel yeah and i i lived that way for a while as a college student um and and i don't know what what changed but one thing that really helped me and i would encourage you to read this book if you haven't uh, david mathis habits of grace and, and this concept has stuck with me for a long time, actually. And, and essentially, I won't go deep into it, but I'll summarize for you the idea. He, it's not just semantics. He's not like, oh, let's not call them spiritual disciplines. Let's call them habits of grace. But, but he, he does this intentionally. And his point is this. Of course, we're not giving and praying and reading the Bible to earn God's favor, to earn our way to heaven. Of course, that's not what we're talking about here. But Jesus did say, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Mm-hmm. And God did promise so much, so many gifts, so much grace, His Holy Spirit, His power, if we would do certain things, right? I mean, read the scriptures. Read the promises of God. If you will do these things, this will happen. So He likens it to uh, like the electricity in your house or the water that flows to your house, right? It's there. It's coming. But you still have to turn the faucet on to get the water. 
you still have to plug in the lamp for it to come on, right? So God has promised the outpouring of his spirit. He has promised his grace in your life, and he's given you these things to do. Mathis calls them habits of grace. Giving is one of those. If you give generously, like, you will be blessed. It's more blessed to give than receive. If you pray, God hears. And God, like, you, like the God of the universe hears and does things when we pray. So, so we should pray because then power is released, right? So like if we can shift our mindset about giving and other things, about these disciplines, right, to see, no, these are opportunities to have God's grace and his power released in our lives, then, I don't know, I think we'd be more generous and probably more prayerful and Bible-reading people, which is a win. Yeah. A little and personal th- testimony from my life there. There you go. That's free. So... You have the expectation, you have uh, Paul saying you need to have a plan for doing this. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing he talks about here in these next verses is this. There, there is a process by which this money is going to be dispersed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see it? When I arrive, I will send those you credits. So the local church there is going to decide, look, we trust these guys. We're going to give them the money. They're going to take it to Jerusalem. And then Paul says, if it seems advisable, then they can accompany me, I'll go with them. So there, there is a process by which the money they collect is going to be taken to Jerusalem. Now, a lot of people, you, you may not know this, I don't understand all of it, because I'm not wired this way, but we, there, we have a budget here. So the money doesn't just go into one big giant pot, and you know we just pull it out when we need it. When my wife was a kid, she thought that they brought it to the front, and it like, beamed up to heaven. That's what she assumed happened, because they always brought it, you know, the, the deacons brought it to the front. That is so awesome. That's also not what happens with the money. <laughs> Just saying. She is, she is a PK. She so is a PK. A, a preacher's so kid. So. Yeah. Anyway, You sorry. can come up with some weird you can. analogies. Yeah. Like, do they give all that money to There is an armored truck in the back. That's yeah, right. yeah. I broke your train of thought. So there's there's yes. not a big pot. Yes. We have a budget. Not we a have big a pot. Plan. There's a, and so it's allocated. There's a process by which the money gets used in, in, in a way that, um, that is best suited for the gospel to go uh, out and for us to meet the needs inside the church here and to meet needs in other places. So th- this isn't something that a church in America thought up, right? Paul's telling the church in Corinth, this, this is how you should do this. There's an expectation you're going to give. You need to plan for it. And then we're going to make sure it gets to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the church of Amer- in America, like I, I mentioned earlier that this is going to the church in Jerusalem, uh, which is a good ways from where they are, but yet they're tracking with them and their needs. Uh, you have in here uh, Paul talking about his, what's happening in Macedonia, what's happening in Ephesus. You have later... Um, the churches of Asia send you greetings. Um, there's a whole connection here between the churches. Paul's a big reason why. But overall, I think this is really important too in this conversation that we should be tracking with our brothers and sisters around the world. Mm-hmm. Like so when we see a need and we hear of a need, we should be tracking with them and be ready to say, okay, like let's try to meet that need. Um, and I, it, here's something else that um, just like a really practical thing that my family has done. We've, we've actually set aside money uh, over time and, and then ha- had it ready. Like, so when a need arise, we weren't like scrambling. Like, I don't have any money to like do wow. anything. We actually like had it saved there. Okay, like now we can give that money. So um, I'm just like, Chris, Chris is about to move yep. overseas. <clears throat> like you should be tracking with Chris and other people like that 
and wh- what they're doing and, and when needs arise. Let's, like, let's be ready for that. And, and Chris could use the money. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug right there. Yeah, that's true. Um, he is. He is. Uh, this is a good time say to say it. this. Yes. Chris right now is in the middle of uh, fundraising for his family to move to Asia. And, um, and so, you know, that's an easy way for you to systematically set money aside and, and help his family be able to serve there. I didn't ask him to say that, but it is true. So I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. So, so that's the whole, remember this, he's wrapping the letter up. So he's saying, look, here's the plan for your, your money. Um, now I'm going to visit you. And these people, after the letter, I don't know if they were looking forward to his visit or not. <laughs> right? Because this <laughs> letter has been, uh, uh, has been loaded with quite a bit of You can review. go read second Corinthians. I was about to say. <laughs> Sec- yeah. yeah. You can see how that goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, he, but Paul kind of says, this, this is what I hope to do. Mm-hmm. I want to come to you, and I want to stay, because he, care, he loves this church. Early on, he talks about how he has a father's heart for this church in Corinth. And he's saying, I don't want to just pass through. Yeah. I hope to spend like an extended amount of time with you, if the Lord permits. But I, verse 8 and 9, I want to talk about, I want to focus on. I, I want to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door for effective work. Has opened. Paul. Paul is. Uh, Paul is one of the most disciplined guys in the history of the world, right? But he's also one of the most fluid guys in the history of the world, mm-hmm. right? He look at what he's saying. He wants to come do this, but he understands the Holy Spirit's opened this door up in Ephesus, and I need to stay here because God's doing some stuff, and that's what I'm called to do. So what I want to do needs to get put on hold. Yeah, and hear this as as college students or about to graduate or recent graduates. Like, look at how he's making his plans. He is making his plans based on where is there an open door for effective gospel proclamation and gospel advancement. Right? Like that's that's how he's making decisions. And listen, if if that's if you are one of these people, college student, you're you're in the right place. Right? There is a large door for effective work all over the globe. Whether it's in a big city here in North America or on missionary teams around the globe. Like, there are doors wide open for you. What, what if, just like, what if you thought the way Paul thinks and made your future plans based not on where you can make the most money or how you can live closest to mom, right? But based on where is there an open door for effective gospel work? Like, like what if that was number one in your plan making? And notice, I'm not dogging on moms here, but when he says, when he says there are many adversaries, for some reason, the first thought that came to my mind was not Satan, and not the people who throw stones at Paul, which happened a few times, right? When I think adversary, some, you have to realize that that can also be parents who just don't want their baby to be across the world, right? That can be friends or just cultural norms. People you see who are doing the quote-unquote normal thing, like, oh, well, they're getting a job and making money and doing the thing everybody else does. Like, those can be adversaries to you, right, going where there's effective gospel work. So be, be aware of that, like, pay attention. And, and think, think, just search your own heart. Am I making my decisions? Am I, am I making my plans for the future based on what everyone else is doing, what I think I'm supposed to do, or like where there is an open door for effective work? Like ask the question. So just to give you some context for what he's saying there, you can actually read through Acts 18 and 19. At least I think that's where it's happening. Yeah. Um, and <coughs> in Acts 19, um, 
it, in verse 11, it says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. So when he says, like, the door was open for opportunity, it's like crazy stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And look, look, this is how crazy it is. So many people are turning to Jesus and following Jesus in there at Ephesus that they're throwing away the shrines, like the little idols for the shrines that they had in their homes, and they weren't buying anymore. So the guys that are making these little silver, uh, like, idols that they would have in their homes, they're 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 really they're mad. Upset. They're going out of business. Yeah, they're yeah. going out of business. They're losing their livelihood because everybody's worshiping Jesus. <laughs> and so they they end up being the ones who, who cause this huge riot, drag Paul out to be uh, basically killed in front of everybody. That's that's what they're going for. But uh, the Lord prevents it. And so that's, he, that's what you have, I think. Um, like, if you've ever experienced, like, really amazing stuff that the Lord is doing, like, God's just working and working and working. Like, there's a good chance that because of that, you're going to see opposition. Yeah. Like, very connected like that. Mm-hmm. That something's going to be caused that way that you're going to have to face and, and go through. So, I don't know. I think sometimes you, like, wish, like, oh, God, wouldn't you just do this and do this and do this? And, and like, that's good. But then just, just be ready, too. If you're asking the Lord for something right now, just just be ready too for like what what the other side of that's going to mean as well. And so I I've been guilty of saying this in the past, and I realize it's wrong to say this. Like when Paul would go somewhere, one of two things would happen: either revival or riot. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's that's not actually true. Both happen. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes right? Almost every time Paul shows up somewhere, spiritual revival happens, and then a riot breaks out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when people start really getting serious about Jesus, the, the enemy's welfare and income takes a hit, yeah. and people get really mad when their pocketbook yeah. gets hit. And yeah. so when, when Paul, the way Paul lives, uh, there's never a dull moment around the Apostle Paul. Either people are getting healed and getting saved, or people are trying to hang him. And so, I, I mean, never a dull moment. So live like <laughs> Paul. Um, so... Um, he wants you to. He wants them to take care of Timothy. Uh, I'm just. I'm ready to get to verses 13 and 14. Yeah, I was, Can we just, get there? I was gonna just let you go because. All right, here we go. Yeah. Because <clears throat> these are the summary instructions. It's like, basically he's the saying, summary. Do this. Do this. Do this. Yep. And, then, and then right there in 13, 14, he's got this summary statement. So he's like, okay, if you've forgotten everything I've said, it's yeah. basically the summary of the entire book. Like if you're going to make t-shirts for First Baptist Corinth, like it's going to have this verse on it. Yes, it's going to have this on it, yes. I mean, when yes, they redo their sanctuary, their it's verse. going above, you know. Uh, yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so here it is. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. So I have a little rant. I promise that it won't take up more than a few minutes. Young men, look at me. In fact, stand up. If you're a dude, stand up. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's good. Now listen, you you probably think I'm gonna I'm about to yell at you and tell you you suck, right? This is not what I'm telling you. Look at me. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, you are the glory of God. You hear me. And, and women, this is, I'm not belittling you, okay? So don't tweet me or email me, girls. Email my wife. In fact, go see her. Let her handle you. Men, look at me. We, the church, has to have you. Do you understand me? We will die without you. All right? So when it says act like men, I think Paul is talking to the men. Okay? We need you. Right? And, you, and I'm, I realize I'm preaching to guys who are actually in the room. Like all your buddies that are at home playing Xbox right now, that's who I need to be yelling at, right? You matter. And the success and the, and of the church and of the gospel getting pushed into darkness will not happen without you. So look around you, all right? If you're a dude, look around. You are not alone, right? You just need to see that. And every now and then, Dudes just need to stand up, all right? You can sit back down or stand. I don't care. <laughs> so there's a couple of things going on here in this passage. So basically five things Paul says if you're going to be a man that's going to lead in the church. Now I'm going to say these five things, and then I'm going to be quiet and let these two guys mop up when I'm done. <laughs> all right? Here's, here's what, if you're going to be a Christian man. And young ladies, write these down because this is the dude you're looking for. You got a pen? All right, here we go. The man, right? If you're going to be a man that follows God, you will accept the responsibility to lead. All right? This is, this is all that means. Some of you want to change the world? Clean up your room. Just start there. Right? Just do, just do the first thing that's in front of you. All right? Be responsible. Number two, the man will seek God's approval over everyone else's. Right? You, you need to be more concerned about offending God than you are about offending anyone else. And trust me, in our culture, not hard to do. Just don't offend God. The man will reject passivity and follow God's word. Don't be passive. The natural default position of every male is neutral. We inherited that from Adam. Right? Don't be passive. There, uh, one of my favorite uh, movies, actually it's a miniseries, Band of Brothers. There's a clip in there where it's based on World War II, Easy Company. It's spectacular. And, and um, they get this guy from West Point, the middle of World War II, supposed to be this great leader, and he's terrible. Like, he's getting people killed, and they've got this grunt in the, like, non-commissioned officer who's actually leading the troops. And there's this quote about this guy who's got all the medals and he's all the degrees and diplomas, and they say this. He... <laughs> He wasn't a bad leader because he made bad decisions. He was a bad leader because he made no decisions. Make decisions. Don't be passive. The man will lead courageously 
in every area of life. Th this is what that means, guys. It means sometimes you're going to be the only one. It, it may mean, I don't, I don't know this is true, but it could mean this. It could mean that um, some of you may die a martyr's death. Right? The way the world's going right now, would it shock any of us? But think about, uh, I think about Latimer and Ridley. You, you, you remember these guys? They're being led by uh, uh, Bloody Mary to be burned. And uh, they're about to light the fire. And Latimer says this to Ridley. He says, play the man, Ridley. For I feel, I, I feel that this day we shall light a fire in England that shall never be extinguished. The man's literally about to be set on fire, and he says this. That's some courage right there. But sometimes it's not that. It's just doing the right thing. That, that's courageous. And, and lastly, the man will love God and others sacrificially. That's really the whole, the whole point. Let everything you do be done in love. If you're going to be a man that leads in the church and in our culture, you have to be loving. It doesn't mean weak. In fact, it's the complete opposite of weakness. But you, you have to be loving and sacrificially loving, which means you don't always get your way. In fact, you almost will never get your way. Mm -hmm. But you're going you're gonna to put other people in positions to win, and you're going you're gonna to love in a way that's painful, but it'll be glorious for the kingdom. So it's my five things, and listen to me, young fellas, we need you. I need you, right? I don't, I don't know how many years i got left. I'm old, <laughs> right? Some of you guys got to pick this up and carry it, all right? And we need you, and you can do this, all right? I'm done. I have so many thoughts right now. Listen, <laughs> sorry. No, it's good. It's, it's so good, and... When I was a 19-year-old college idiot, um, I, I met... You were. I was. Yes. I was. I met Vic, and he said pretty much the exact same thing to me, and I listened, and actually now I teach the exact same thing to my two boys, and soon to my third, who will be born sometime in the next four weeks. Um, so, like, listen, guys, like, if we've done one, we've done a lot of things wrong as the church, but if we've done one thing wrong to you, men, it's not asking enough of you okay the bar is not hey guys don't sin <laughs> right like that that's assumed if, if you're following Christ like yeah don't don't do that our bar is here okay when you hear what we're talking about with Paul and what what he's experiencing of revival and riots and fleeing being let down in a basket outside the city because the king wants him dead like don't you want that not the basket thing, but don't you want to be fighting for something that matters enough to do that? Don't you want to live for something that is worth maybe your life? Like, it's great. I, I love the fact that I have a wife and kids and that we've experienced some, like, measure of enjoyable life here in America and, and other measures of life in other countries. Like, like, that's great. And I hope that you get some of that too. But that's not what life's about. If at the end of your life you, you're like... Your accomplishment can be summed up in, like, I live some Christian spin on the American dream. Then, like, I'm sorry. We failed you. You missed it. That's not what Christ has called you to. And so if you haven't heard it yet, hear it now from what Vic just shared, what I'm saying now. Like, 
We, we expect more of you. Okay? And so does Paul. Right? I mean, <laughs> listen to this. Like, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. He's not, he doesn't say, sit there and don't sin. Sit there and be quiet. Sit there and give a little money so I can do the work. No. Stand up and do something. Why? Because there's two plus billion people around the world who don't even know the name of Christ. They haven't rejected him. They don't know the name of Christ. Who's taking him? And who's sending those that are taking him, right? Like, be watchful. Be watchful for what? Lots of things. But I think a big thing, be watchful for opportunities, like Paul is describing, for the gospel. Be watchful for opportunities to use your gifts to build and encourage the church. Be watchful for the return of Christ. Be watchful for things that last and matter. Be watchful for other brothers and sisters around you who need you to be the man. To be strong. Be watchful for sin and temptation and fight it and flee from it. Look at what Paul's writing into here. He's writing to a church that is just deep in sin. He's not upset that they're sinning for sin. Say he's upset at what it's doing to the church and the mission and the gospel advancement, right? Be watchful. It's your job. I could keep talking for a long time, so just like jump <laughs> no, in at I any think, point, Joel. So here's, here's just a real practical way to see this. What's being described here is, um, so first of all, you have the preceding four chapters before this that that I think really speak directly to this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. So if you remember back in those chapters, and it's okay if you don't, so I'll remind you, um, there, there was uh, women who were doing things in church that they shouldn't have been doing, men who should have been doing it. Yep. So he's saying, like, men, you're going to have to step up and do the jobs that you've been called to do, that you've been made to do in the church. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith. The church was deep in division, uh, they had let people uh, seep in who had rejected the resurrection. He's yeah. saying, stand firm in the faith. Like our faith, he just sums it up in, in, in chapter 15, is based on the resurrection. So we have to stand firm in that. Uh, be watchful. And that, that goes back to what he says at the very end of 15, where he's telling them that there's going to be a day where, where Jesus is going to come and he's going to swallow up death forever. Be watchful for that. And, and that's, I think that's good. just... You want to land on that for just one second? That's Very that's good. that's something that we don't do well at all. I don't do it very well at all. I won't speak for you. Like, I mean, how how many days do I wake up where I'm thinking about like Jesus, come soon? In fact, Paul ends his letter there yeah. with this: "Oh, our Lord, come! Mm. Like, Lord, come! Like, I'm expecting that. I'm expecting you to to for that day to come that you will wipe out death and darkness and sin. Like, so so." That's what it's saying here, but, but, oh, sorry, this is what I was trying to get to originally. Here's the, here's the example within this. Um, he brings up Stephanus, the first converts there. And he had talked about them a little bit in this, this book, but I, I wonder if all this stuff he's, like, getting onto the Corinthians for, like, Stephanus and his family are just, like, they've got it. Like, they're doing it. And, and he's trying to get people lined up on it. Not only were they the first converts, but they have devoted their lives, it says, to yep. the service of the saints. So, so they, them and their household, they've opened up their home. They have this gift of hospitality. People are, are constantly having their needs met there with his family. And he's saying, 
Be subject to them. Now, be subject to who? The person who lords authority over you? No. The person who serves. They've devoted themselves to the the service of saints. So, what's it mean to be watchful, stand firm in faith, act like men, be strong, let all you do be done in love? Well, that's Stephanus and his family. And... Just as you said that, verse 18, mm-hmm. that's the result. Yep, there it is. You, if you walk away from people and they don't feel what Paul says in 18, then you're doing it wrong. For they refresh my spirit as well as yours. That, that's, the, that's the outcome, yeah. mm-hmm. right? When, just as you were reading, you were saying that, I was thinking about, my goodness, the entire letter has been building toward Paul saying, look, be like this, mm-hmm. because this has refreshed me, and it will you. Like, like it's supposed to be life-giving, right? And it I, is. You, when you see people playing their godly roles, and you see people yes. loving and serving each other, like when you get into the middle of a church like that, a group of people like that, a community like that, man, it is so good. You're like, this is awesome. I don't know. I've been in contexts like this. I think we often feel it here yeah. at our church, yeah. here too. Like, it's, man, you're refreshed constantly. I just I'm, I love it when stuff just jumps out like right in the moment. Yeah. It clicks. You this got is cool. I, yeah. No, this is just awesome. I just <clears throat> I want to go back to the thirteen for just a second, and uh, yeah, definitely talk to Vic's wife. You should do that, ladies. But I, I did <laughs> want to say just real quickly w- when he says act like men, and then he says be strong. Paul is not saying women aren't strong. Okay, like he's, he's, he's not good, saying that. That's a good like, point. Have you met my wife? Like seriously. She is 36 weeks pregnant and can outrun most of you. That's the truth. And I don't say that to shame you. I just say, like, she, she's a strong she's absolutely. She's truth. a strong woman. She's strong in different ways than I am, and I need her strength. And she makes me stronger, and she makes me want to act like a man. So, so don't belittle the role of women and the difference between women and men. Of course women can do the same things men can do. That doesn't mean that they should or that they do it in the same way. Right? That's good. My, my wife does things differently than me. Praise the Lord. Right? <laughs> and, and so don't, don't read this and, and see. There, there's nothing here that says, oh, this is lesser than that or, or, or anything of that sort. What he's calling people to is to be who God made you to be. Yeah. Okay? That's good. Men, act like men. It's so connected to verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love because, I mean, that's what he calls men to do. He says, yeah. love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So that like that's to be a man is not like I don't know whatever cultural concepts would come into your mind and flood there. To be a man is to act like Jesus and constantly live in a place of sacrificial love for people. Yeah, I heard the quote, you say you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, well you should remember what happened to the hands and feet of Jesus. Ouch, right? That's what it means to act like men. That's good. Live, yeah. Live with that mindset. Live sacrificially. We good? You still with us? Come on. Two people on. Yeah. All right. All right. <coughs> um, by the way, I'm, I'm not a, a doomsday guy. I, I think we're in good hands with you guys. Mm. Let me say that to you, because I know guys my age are like, oh, the country's going to hell. These millennials. You met these millennials. Yeah. Well, you're not millennials, Oh, that's are you? right. What are you? Well, I don't know. 
Gen, Gen Z's. Z's. Have you Gen met Z's, these people? Yeah. Like, I know guys in my I'm demographic. I'm millennial, technically. I don't even know what that means. That think if, that about you? That ain't was, me. If they were still millennials, it would be bad. <laughs> we would be bad. But yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I don't, I don't. That's right. See, I don't even categorize you. That's how much I care. If <laughs> 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 you believe that, you're not paying attention. Um, <laughs> I just didn't know. Um, but I no, we, the church is in good hands with y'all. So I got hope for us. Um, the churches of hey, we're just going to move on. Is that all right? Yeah. The churches of Asia send uh, you greetings. Aquila, Priscilla, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. That's probably an hour's conversation just yeah. on that verse that we're not going to have tonight. Maybe on the podcast. Uh, yeah, Chris will do that on his <coughs> podcast when he gets to Asia. <laughs> <laughs> our, our Lord come. Maranatha. That, that's Paul's, uh, and, and Joel, I just, that was so spot on that we, Paul had this expectation and this anticipation that the, the hope of the world isn't Paul. It isn't, it really, it isn't the church. The hope of the world is Jesus. The, the church happens to be the, the vehicle that gets Jesus to the world, right? So it matters, but Paul is saying, Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. And, Amen. and Paul ends this letter to the church at Corinth in, in a place where uh, it's probably good for us to end our journey in 1 Corinthians, that uh, we want the grace of the Lord to be mm -hmm. with you, yes. right? This, does, this should not feel like, I can't do it. Like, if, again, if, if you're in the room and you're just thinking, if you're, if you're a guy in the room and the whole standing up thing, you just feel like, I can't carry that. I can't carry it. Well, you're in a good spot. Come, come see one of us. We'll help you figure out how to carry it. All right? It needs to be, it needs to be grace, mm -hmm. just filled with grace Amen. and love and peace. And we want the grace of the Lord Jesus to be with you as we go out, right? We, we've, got, we've got one more week, and then it's going to be a month before we gather together again. And um, this has been fun, the, the journey through 1 Corinthians, and um, I, this has been a good semester for me. After that whole break of, like, being confined in my house, and my, um, like, l let me say this, I, I really do believe this. I have the best job in the world, and, and I love you guys, all right? I yell at you because I love you, all right? do this right pandemic it doesn't matter like i if i would have never lived through this i couldn't have made it you, you you're resilient you you're caring like you your generation is amazing what you're having to live through right now and the opportunity you have to carry the gospel to your friends and to the ends of the earth you have it. 
grace of the Lord be with you. Let me pray for you. Father, I do, I, I love this room, not because of the room, because of the people in it. I, I am really grateful. When I think about the uh, the men you've allowed me to be around, I, and and two two guys that are the picture of what it means to be a godly man, I, I am flanked on either side by him right now. I'm so thankful for Joel and his example of how he loved and served his family and the church here, and and Chris, and and. <laughs> Just the wild-eyed love and devotion to Jesus that he has and the willingness to just give everything he has for people who've never heard your name. Thank you for these two men and their example and how they, they spur me on to be better. I'm thankful for all the young guys in the room tonight. And Lord, any, anything that we said that came across as harsh, I, I pray that it wouldn't be that, that it would have been encouragement. Thank you for the young women in the room. God, you're, you're good to us. We, we want to make much of you, Jesus. In, in the middle of a, of a world that seems full of chaos and, and no hope, we have hope. And so, Lord, I pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus would be with my friends and that they would know that, that my love is with them. In the name of Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. <coughs> See you guys next week, right? Next week's going to be fun. It'll be different, but it'll be fun. Good different. That's all you're getting. Have a good week. <laughs>